0: Hello, everybody, welcome to the Crypto Hipsters podcast, where I interview founders and co-founders, entrepreneurs and artists, executives and stay at home hipsters in crypto and blockchain around the world. And I have an amazing podcast for you today let's get to it uh and today i have a very special guest he is the founder uh co-founder president of uh particia blockchain his name is kurt nielsen welcome to the show
1: thanks and thank you for inviting me
0: you're welcome thank you for thank you for coming uh to co- discuss a topic that we don't really cover that much that I, that we need to cover more. Um, and uh, so I'll start out with a first basic question is, what is your background and how does it relate to what you're doing now?
1: Yeah, that's, so I'm actually an economist uh, in, in my profession as an economist, and I was doing my PhD on market design and game theory when I discovered uh, what they were doing in, in computer science and on MPC, multi-party computation. That's sort of the starting point for, for, for me since NPCs was basically solving a basic assumption in economics that if you have like a trusted third party, you could tell that third party everything and you could basically make a better allocation of resources in the economy by having that third party sort of dictating what people should do in, in their best interest this is kind of a sort of a famous uh, nobel prize winning result in economics and 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 i thought that was like a common construct in economics but it turned out that uh, computer science was solving this in 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 practice and that was the starting point like 15 years ago and the starting point for a lot of research and the uh, patisha a company that was a spin out from the first use of this technology back in 2000 and eight uh, and nine and that's where the story behind patisha and and recently Paticia blockchain uh, starts so what is
0: the Participate blockchain foundation and what are some of the current initiatives um that you're involved with
1: Yes, so, so it, it goes back a, a long time. So we were the first one who actually used uh, MPC, uh, multi party computation in, in practice. Uh, and we have developed the, the technology further and used it uh, and uh, matured the technology. So it's, it's become like a million times faster since the uh, initial use, which is, has opened up for a lot of new use cases, like uh, using this as a new Sort of infrastructure for for data in in general, uh, and recently uh, uh, we take this uh, infrastructure and uh, launch it as a public uh, blockchain. So we set up a uh, foundation in Switzerland, uh, like you know the. Uh, if like other projects like uh, ethereum like cardano like many other projects uh, that is run by a non uh, or governed by a non-profit uh, uh, organization out of uh, switzerland that has that locked purpose to to launch and, and further develop uh, the 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 infrastructure yes so that was the uh the starting point uh, for for Patricia, uh blockchain and that was only in October November last year so for the for 10 years back in time we, we worked on on using MPC for for a lot of different use cases and and for the past three and four years we have built uh, MPC together with uh, traditional blockchain technologies uh, and that is uh, the basic uh, sort of technological uh, foundation for for what we call Patricia blockchain today
0: I was, I joined the blockchain uh, industry in 2017, and I was in the ICO space. And I had, you know, reached out to people across the world, and I had a newsletter briefly for a brief time. And one of the things I found, well, there's, there's in 2016 to 18, there's this um, GDPR, which stands for General Data Protection Regulation in Europe. So when I sent out my newsletter, people kept responding, with, don't send, don't send, don't send this to me, don't send this to me. Um, that, that legislation, you know, set clear international guidelines for data and data processing and other stuff within the EU. What, you know, what do you feel were some of the major burdens placed on businesses by this legislation, like for you, what do you think?
1: Yeah, at first it might sound like a bit of a speed bump for digitalization in Europe, uh, but I, I think it's actually a pretty. Uh, it's a fourth-looking type of regulation that sort of uh, try to uh, bring back control of data to the to the individuals and uh, allow you as an individual to to control your data and maybe also gain insight in how your your data is used. Uh, so so that's sort of the maybe some of the underlying philosophy for for the gdpr but if if you look at gdpr and what it requires and you look at blockchain then it looks like a bit of a crash so so you have a you have a public transparent and immutable ledger and you have gdpr saying that you should have privacy and you should have the right to be forgotten just to to mention two things and that seems to be not a, a very good match. So, so this is uh, this was kind of one of the starting points for, for our projects. So, so we've been building for for regulation like like uh, GDPR from the from the beginning, and the uh, Patricia blockchain uh, solve these uh, issues by by not putting uh, data on the public ledger, but having the public ledger uh, use that as a way to orchestrate uh, secure multi-party computation. So you only have uh, sort of the public blockchain as a, some sort of a state machine or a total order broadcast. Uh, some uh, developers would probably call it like that. And then you can use that as a way to orchestrate the, uh, the multi-party computation and the privacy preserving the use of of data. So, so that from the use for a certain application, you bring in the data encrypted into this system and operate uh, on uh, the data uh, in a way such that each of the nodes involved in the computation has zero information about the original data and out and you get the data uh, at the end of the uh, of that computation Uh, so so, and the data is uh, then deleted so it's sort of a infrastructure that uses privacy data private data ad hoc That's one way to, to, to describe it, uh, at least. So, so the, the whole attempt uh, from what we're doing is basically to create an alternative to the uh, traditional approach. Uh, when you want to create value out of data, you try to kind of bring data together, build even larger data silos or data lakes in order to gain more insight, and replace that approach with an infrastructure. And create the infrastructure in a way such that the owners of the data, it could be citizens, it could be companies, that can bring the data in without giving, without sharing the data, but bring the data in in an encrypted form, and uh, and the infrastructure is then uh, sort of uh, dictated to, to to use the data in a, in a certain way, uh, scripted to do so. Yeah.
0: So I understand what you said about the data and infrastructure and the creation. I understand that. The GDPR, however, created business problems, didn't it? Like major business problems in Europe. What were some of those major business problems?
1: Yeah, Yes. so uh, to some extent, if you look at the GDPR, it was, it's not that different from what you had before, especially not if you look at the, the German data regulation. Uh, before gdpr then it's not that different from the from what you have in gdpr though the main difference is probably the enforcement and the size of the penalties and and that's is a big change because that's simply align antitrust with data breaches so you have the da- same uh, sort of frames for how much you can penalize uh, companies for for antitrust uh, actions uh, as well as data breach actions and and that sort of is is a is a serious cost uh, to take into account as as a company uh, that you have this risk. So so the awareness of the the data regulation, which is not that different, as I mentioned, than what it was before, is just uh, more uh it's, it's more uh, critical uh, today. So say I'm a data
0: company, say I'm a medium-sized data company in Denmark, right? And um, I'm conducting business overseas in Asia and the U.S. and I'm providing them with, you know, metrics or, um, you know, products or services or, you know, whatever. Um, What are some of the antitrust things that I needed to, as that business owner, needed to look out for under the GDPR that I wasn't aware of looking out for that would have cost me my business.
1: Yes. So, uh, so the, it might be easy to, to, if you just bring in your existing solutions that develop for Asian market or, or the U S market, just bring them into to Europe without any sort of changes. You might likely break uh, some rules in the GDPR and then you have the, uh, risk of facing these like uh, huge penalties so 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 that's the the issue uh, but but you can go the other way around so, so that's you can bring a, an eu uh, system to the us or to asia cuz it's kind of a hierarchy like that so you have the strongest privacy regulation in in europe although i mean you you see this uh, other places you have uh, california having somewhat uh, similar requirements in brazil you have something that that looks like this and as well as in in japan so so it it's sort of spreading uh, this idea about uh, regulators coming in protecting uh, the individual's uh, data whether that is Good for for business or not or not. I mean that's uh, I mean it's 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 definitely open up for a new type of uh, business solutions, and that's kind of what we are uh, what we are bringing uh, to the market. So, so the infrastructure that that is built into a solution like Patricia Blockchain uh, solve all the GDPR requirements, and if if do, in doing so you can actually turn it. Uh, around and you can include even better data even more personal data into your solutions but you just have to go by the pass by the the individual citizens or companies and get and and uh, get their consent uh, for the use of these data but if you do so then you actually have a, a very sort of a close connection you might actually connect directly to to the end users that you are really looking for that you're doing all the big data analysis and all the token or the uh, cookie information and trying to sort of guess who people are and what they like, you can actually create a direct connection with the end users. Uh, So to that extent I think it's actually sort of paying the the way for a more sort of egalitarian approach to the digitalization and the the internet economy.
0: So providing data to the end users directly um so that would improve that would improve um the problems or um, that were caused from a data controller
1: perspective yes so for the data controller uh the uh, that's that's those are the parties that is regulated by the GDPR, they have to fulfill all these uh, requirements because they control, uh, operate directly on on the data. Uh, And if if we look back at the Patricia blockchain and the multi-party computation, uh, you actually have a solution where each of the nodes involved in the computation uh, compute on uh, zero knowledge, uh, provable and no information basically. So you can by mathematical proof you can show that there is no information so it is in gdpr terms uh, completely anonymous uh, information so in in that sense you actually you're actually not part of gdpr any longer <laughs> so so that's the uh, that's maybe some of the prospect for for this type of technology is that uh, if you if you process data this way you 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 maybe not even part of gdpr uh, but but this is still this remains to be confirmed uh, by lawyers and by uh, data uh, regulators uh, in in Europe. This is something that we are looking into. Uh, but it, it takes time for, for to explain this and to have lawyers uh, running a legal process uh, around this uh, understanding of the technology.
0: Interesting. There have been, at least where I'm sitting in the U.S., there have been some large-scale data breaches with, like, Facebook and other, you know, large institutions. Um, you know how how could these breaches, apparently, or leaks, or whatever you want to call them, um, be uh, be reduced through um, your multi-party computational um, computing?
1: That's a good question. So, so, so if you, what we basically solve for with MPC is uh, to, to protect data in all of its potential stages. So data can either be at rest or in transit, moving from A to B, or it's being used. So the, the difficulty is, of course, to protect data while in use, but that's exactly what you do with, with MPC. So with, with that, with, uh, with this type of zero uh, knowledge uh, protection, in all of its potential three stages you actually have a complete new security model for how to protect data so instead of building firewalls and protection around your your system you actually go in and encrypt data itself and distribute data into a distributed system and that itself is a now a, a trusted and a new security system uh, so, so that's that's what it brings, and if you if you have that, then it becomes it's not impossible to to break. But 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 now you have to break into I don't know if you have five servers, you have to break into these five servers and 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 and, and likely without anyone noticing it, and 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 have all the data and then put put it together and then you can reconstruct the the truth. Uh, so 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 we are sort of lifting the 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 barrier for for these. Uh, big uh, data breaches. So
0: you said two words there, which leads me to a follow up question. You said um, trust and unbreakability. And whenever I hear the two words trust and unbreakability Mm -hmm. together, I automatically think of Bitcoin, I think of the Bitcoin blockchain, not the wallets or the um, or the exchanges, but the actual blockchain. How does your how does your invention um compare to the bitcoin blockchain um, as far as breakability and um security
1: yes uh, so, so uh, uh it's solving a very different uh problem so the the bitcoin protocol was all about uh, transparency and and immutable having an, an immutable ledger, and then use put the use case of money on top of, of that which is a pretty, uh, pretty a fantastic idea, and, and really it proved it works in reality. And this, uh, this uh, the longest chain system with the consensus, uh, it it really works. It's, it, it's it's consumed tons of energy. That's not a good thing, but but it's, uh, it, it's it works. It solves the security issues, and, and and has shown that it, it do so in practice. So so if we if we, if we look at uh, MPC then it, that's all for, for privacy so that's all about keeping privacy encrypted uh, in, in and it it actually goes back even, even uh, further uh, so so this has been like a holy grail in, in uh, computer science for the past uh, 40 years uh, to solve this problem because it's 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 exactly opening up for a completely new paradigm of of, of how you can protect systems uh, and this serial knowledge uh, uh, approach is a mathematical approach. So what you what you can do is you, you make a mathematical proof that we have provable security. Say, OK, this system, you can only break this system if you break into 3 out of 5 of these nodes running the system. And that you can write down as a mathematical proof. Uh, so that's a, the type of system. Uh, and that's sort of uh, so it's not un- unbreakable, but it's just makes it more complicated. Like Bitcoin is not unbreakable, but you need to take control of fifty-one percent of the computing powers and 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 do a lot of hashing there. Uh, so it's uh, so it's uh, it's two very different uh, it's solving two very different things, uh, but it's uh, it's still it, it's also two very strong uh, security model. Uh, one is maybe I think MPC is more based on, on theory and math uh, than you, uh, than, than, uh, than Bitcoin is has that has proved it works in, in practice, which is might even even better. Uh, so so it's uh, yeah I mean it's it's two very strong security models, uh, and that's that's to some extent what we bring together. Uh, we do a different type of uh, of topic lecture uh, than uh, than the uh, proof of work. Like most new projects they they uh, do something like more com community based type of consensus protocols uh, one way or the other.
0: I understand. Um, it's interesting that they're both they're both based on math. it's it's great. There's so many areas of math we haven't really even have uncovered yet and in the future. Mm-hmm. It looks bright, I think um for research at least. and, and you know looking at um, let's look at additional benefits of MPC how could we increase digital innovation like in industries where data security is essential um such as you know uh, banking or insurance or telemedicine
1: oh yes yes and this is exactly where we are where things is heading uh the, the internet is becoming a part of this uh, value transfer or this sharing of very sort of sensitive data even uh, even dna uh Sequencing, uh, etc. So, so, and, and I, and think that the requirements for privacy protection uh, comes natural, not just by regulation, but by people who actually see a an idea in, in protecting uh, something like information like this, your health data and uh, financial statement, your your insurance uh, data, etc. Uh, so, so, I think it's it's an uh, it's more incentive. For these cases, I think it's actually incentive-driven, not regula- necessarily regulatory-driven. Uh, uh, the, the need for privacy. And, and here, if you if you use this type of privacy, then you to solve these problem. Let me put it that way. So to to solve these problem, a lot of this is like. A, it's essentially an, an informational deficit so in insurance you need information you don't know what you can't distinguish between good and bad so you you build sort of a solution and try to put people into group and then you try to have someone paying more because they seems to be a more risky type than others etc so that's kind of the insurance model but that requires a lot of information so, but and this information is uh, typically sensitive information. So, so, with the better security model you have, the more information you can include into a system like this, and you don't need to share that information with the insurance company, and give that uh, company a a stronger position, uh, or, or turn the data uh, towards you in, in a different context. Uh, you can you can isolate the use of the data for for the specific uh, insurance. Uh, uh, the specific specific case that you uh, insurance uh, again are uh, insuring against. So, so that's I think that's important for, for insurance and banking. It's a bit the same. This is also about I mean finding out who is the who's who can pay back the loans. Uh, the uh, credit assessment. This is uh, exactly the same as as in insurance. You need to separate good from bad, so you need some signals. You create a credit scoring. In, for that, you need a lot of private information again uh in in the u.s you do it a bit different than than we do it uh here here's the bank who have to do the credit scoring you have your own personal credit scoring uh, that you can use to shop around and that's how you sort of different ways to, to facilitate competition in, in the financial sector uh, but in either case you you involve a lot of uh, private information uh, and that is needed in order for for the uh for the banking industry to to separate good from bad basically and uh, give you a a more competitive price or a competitive interest rate on your loans
0: so with banking i have a simple question there is you know initially banks were against bitcoin and spoke out against it and now they're starting to embrace it um so you had bitcoin on one spectrum you had on the other spectrum you had a crypto uh, xrp which they started out of the gate working with banks so how do you see your company positioned between the two extremes? I um, mean, how, how would you benefit or how you know, banks or how would they be, you know, not benefit them? Where, where do you lay, uh, lie in that spectrum?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. So so we actually are uh, placing ourselves sort of in between. So we, the, uh, the way we organize the computing nodes is a, in, in a semi permission way. So it's, uh, we you, and we want to create a market for trust. So how do you do this? So we have that when you come in as a node operator, you get whitelisted uh, to run a certain uh, jobs. And then you have to tell the world who you are and you get assigned a trust score, which is reflecting uh, your performance and and if there has been any issues uh, uh, doing your operation of, of that node. And, and then you will be able to sort of benefit Make profit based on your trust, based on your perceived trust by the market. So we turn trust into a part of, of the commodity you sell as a node operator. So that's very different from 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 a uh, from a permissionless uh, blockchain. It's more like a traditional uh, digit, uh, internet economy where you have scorings and the taxi drivers is rating the the passengers and the passengers is rating the taxi drivers, etc. You have some kind of a trust uh, scoring uh, uh, part of that uh, of these two-sided markets uh, and here we have another two-sided market with node operators on one side and 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 the uh, users of these uh, applications or applications on the other sides uh, so, so we're trying to to do the same however it's it's open for anyone to come in and and, uh, and run nodes and if they if they have a low trust score uh, at the end, hopefully uh, the market will uh, react to that.
0: I I like that concept of trust score, and you you meant you just mentioned low trust score. Um, you know, I'm looking at the the world of, of media right now as I'm getting more involved, and you know, breaking out of echo chambers seems to be a narrative out there. Seems to be a common worldwide issue um and how would uh you've created something called in stars right um and um so i want to ask about that and the trust and and trust scores together how would that launch um help content creators break out of bits big techs socially engineered algorithms um and allow people to have greater uh, digital
1: freedom i guess and trust uh yes i have to so so we we was uh we was uh building the infrastructure that is used by instars and the uh, team behind instars is actually part of this uh, Patricia blockchain so so we have collaborated with with another team that uh, that basically found us uh, and we helped them building the infrastructure for 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 instars which is a, a a uh, social network built together with a uh, with a data uh, exchange, social network and data exchange built together somehow. Uh, so so it's 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 to looking maybe looking towards a, a future sort of a data market, and it's 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 do exactly this thing about using NPC to to reclaim control of private data, uh, and you, so you as a user have your data control on your mobile phone. And when someone uh, requests your data, you actually become part of an NPC computation. Uh, And if there's a match, you can sell your data to that uh, data requester. So that is an example of how you can sort of uh, create transparency about how data is used. And you can, so that's one thing about the algorithm. You can create transparency about the algorithms used and you can at the same time protect the data that goes into the algorithm so uh, and if you can do both of these both create transparency about how you you, the data is used as well as uh, not really sharing data but just putting data to use with zero knowledge computation then you have uh, solved a a lot of uh, things at the same time
0: so how would you think that i guess it would but how do you think that creating um greater privacy great data controls as a private person would improve trust of the overall you know system or market yes
1: sir so, uh, uh i would expect that you would have more trust to a uh, system let's say this is uh Instars.com. They are sort of an, an intermediator uh, so you you can I think better trust them because they don't have your data. They there's no way that they can uh, use your data uh, and and sell that uh, for some other purposes. Uh, they have to uh, have to tell you exactly how these data is used. So so. Uh, So you don't have to trust uh, the company or the people. You have to. You can look directly into the uh, smart contracts that is uh, dictating what data is used for. Uh, So I would expect that this is uh, what builds uh, what builds uh, trust. Excellent, excellent.
0: Um, So this has been an eye-opening conversation for me. I'm beginning to understand data privacy better in the EU and around the world. And um, it's we're going to continue to learn and grow. So I asked for to, um, my last question is, how can people find out more information about you, about what your company does, about what you do? Um, how can they do that?
1: Yes, so, so uh, the new project, Patricia Blockchain, have a homepage, And uh, we have a uh, medium uh, block uh, where we uh, 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 writing about the technology uh, uh, and the use of the technology, and uh, we will very soon uh, launch the, uh, the first version. We are running a testnet of the network, and we will launch the mainnet, and uh, then it's uh, open for, for people to come in, uh, and developers to come in and build uh, applications on top of this infrastructure. Or maybe just tap into the infrastructure, Whenever you need to to keep something private, because that's kind of one of our approach that we we're not trying to compete with the with the other blockchain. We're trying to sort of add on to that by becoming a, a second layer that can be used uh, from Ethereum, from Cardano, or from an, a different uh, a blockchain ecosystem. So so you can read a lot about that uh, on the uh, on the homepage and the the Medium post. I think this is uh, where the most information is.
0: Awesome. Thank you very much. Uh, It's been an honor. It's been a pleasure. I enjoyed talking to you. Thank you very much for your time today.
1: Thanks a lot for having me. It was a pleasure.